0: Welcome to yet another session here at the Kickpot Dojo. I am your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insight of my martial arts experience, analyzing and um, discussing martial arts-based subjects, and also highlighting martial arts past, present, and future. All right, so today I got another guest, uh, like last week. uh, Of course, my guest is from Woodlawn, Texas, uh, Austin Jameson. All right, what are you, fifth-degree black belt? Or, yes, sir. Oh, so yeah, master rank. Ah, uh, man, I can't wait for my time.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm sure it's coming soon.
0: Yeah, how we doing over there?
1: I'm doing excellent, sir. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, so definitely, of course, just a reminder for new listeners that this is a martial arts based um, podcast. We talk about martial arts based stuff, or maybe um some subjects um concerning martial arts. So, of course, uh, with you being my guest, I I would like to, to um. Start off with like, right? I like to take them back in time. That's how. That's how I want to do with my listeners. Um. So, how would you best describe yourself before Karate enter your life?
1: Ooh, um, myself before Karate entered my life. Well, I was uh, seven when I started, so not a whole lot of time passed. But I was definitely on the shyer end. I was not very outgoing, not very, terribly social. Uh, I had my close friends. I still only have my close friends, but. Um, Anyway, it was. Uh, it karate definitely changed me more uh, in that respects, probably more than anything else. As as far as changing me from a shy, skinny little kid to um, a more outgoing and less skinny kid. <laughs>
0: hey, so you pretty much was a kid that didn't do much activities, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a few activities here and there but not like any, I, I, uh, I dabbled in little activities here and there um, they weren't real big strength building activities it was uh, you know like a season of baseball here a little season of soccer there well, once I hit karate that's kind of when I latched on and all the other sports and stuff that I kind of dabbled in just faded off to the side and this is what I stuck with. This this became my passion.
0: Uh, all right. So what was that one event that got you interested in karate? What, what's one thing that you see that say, like, this is something I want to do. This is one, something I want to try.
1: Um. Well, I started karate when my friend invited me. So I'd say that's the one event that got me into it. What got me stuck with it? That one's hard to say. I know when I got in my black belt, it's definitely one of those moments that uh, locked me in. I worked hard for basically an entire summer to get ready for it, uh, training every day, coming in extra hours, and all that. And as soon as I hit my black my black belt at that point and saw the giant leap that I had made over that summer to get there, that's kind of when it was. I knew it was going to be. Uh, basically a lifelong thing at that point um i don't know i guess it was just a bunch of little you know throughout the process of going going to black belt just you know uh, the feelings of little successes here and there the friends i made along the way um all that kind of led to me sticking with it up until that point um Mr. Prieto is my instructor uh, Rick Prieto is my instructor and he always did a really good job of making it exciting and making it fun and always making sure we are learning something and so yeah all of that played a part in, in bringing me to Black Belt
0: yeah definitely Mr. Prieto definitely would be one person I'd like to talk to or interview because you know he has that knowledge he has that total background that of course that's beyond your knowledge too right yeah,
1: I he tells me plenty of stories and if you ever do get the chance to interview him I'd say uh, uh, leave like double your normal length to, to make time for all those stories <laughs> but yeah I, I pick up information from him whenever I can and, and uh, I'm sure he still has knowledge back there that I, I haven't touched yet but uh, I, I do my best to know anything he knows yeah
0: Right. so let's go to, your, like, your first lesson, your cr- first karate lesson. So okay. how, how can you best describe that, your first karate lesson?
1: First karate lesson. Um, that is another really amazing thing about Mr. Prieto. Is my first karate lesson actually was uh, on the ground. It was a basically a little jiu-jitsu lesson, and that's... Mm. Um, that's a story Mr. Prado will tell many times. Is how he was there when the Gracies, when uh, Mr. Norris introduced the Gracies to uh, UFAF, and uh, how they all saw the the skills that the Gracies had, and and how uh, incredible jujitsu was. And he latched onto it and uh, always had it as part of his his karate lessons and so i was very fortunate that and that's probably another reason because even now jiu-jitsu is one of my favorite parts of karate and um yeah that that first day was a jiu-jitsu day and i was already learning how to defend myself on the ground in a karate class <laughs>
0: All right, so that's pretty much how you spell like nowadays you that's how you start kids, students you start them on the ground but usually for me i like to like start them with like techniques i like to give them with the requirements first but you know i never thought about starting them on the ground though but that's definitely a good idea because you know they end up in the ground they got to learn how to protect, protect themselves
1: absolutely yeah like uh even for my style of teaching now i definitely constantly go back to um the falls, making sure they don't hit their head. Because even if they don't get into a fight, uh, learning how to fall correctly—that's that's important for anybody. Whether you're young, or old, big, or small, any, everyone falls. And uh, then from there, learning how to um, take someone else to the ground. Because uh, as <clears throat> one of uh, one of our Gracie programs that we uh, study is. Uh, teaches against bullying and as they so appropriately put it um if you end up uh, in a fight with a bully and you can control him without hurting him and one you're less likely to get in trouble with the school even though a lot of schools have zero tolerance policies and you, you probably will still get in trouble um you you get in less trouble at that point or and two you're less likely to make an enemy for life because you uh gave him a big black eye and knocked out his nose Mm. uh, or made his nose all crooked uh if you just hold him and pin him to the ground more likely to forgive and recognize that you're skilled and leave you alone but forgive and maybe eventually be your friend at that point so yeah i'm I'm always going back and teaching stuff to the ground as uh even with the little guys
0: just thinking about like what you said um of course, I don't know if you follow him. Um, there's some guy named Jason Wilson. I mean, he teaches martial arts, but he said something about, like, when you're being bullied, you're getting attacked, you got to turn on that lion. But in the same time, you have to reset to that lamb. All right, so pretty much you want to have that fighting spirit like a lion. But when it comes to having compassion for certain people, you want to get back to that. You want to reset to the lamb. So you want to show that person that, you know, I'm not an animal. I mean, I'm a nice person, you know, you're just, you're messing with a nice person, but you know, I could be a line for the whole time and be that person like you are, but you know, it's, that's how it is.
1: Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. It's a fine line to walk and it's very difficult for a lot of people, but, uh, I think our style of karate does a good job at, at showing everyone that line. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's go to that first degree black belt test. I mean, okay. I'm from who, from what I've been um, told by other black belts, you know, I was talking to Damien Saucida and of course Crosby Bridgewater. Um, they were saying like how they did their black belt tests. I mean, there's different requirements. I know we have like requirements that we follow now, but yeah. But can you yeah, describe yours before? They
1: change. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, how can you describe like when you got into that first black belt test?
1: Um, like I said, I prepared quite a lot for it. I spent the whole summer going through it, and so the moments leading up to the black belt test were the scariest. As soon as I got into the black belt test, it was uh, a very smooth ride, and I appreciate every moment of, of preparation uh, because of that. As far as the changes of the black belt test, yeah, I I was uh, the test. The changes are pretty recent, so it's obviously, obviously, I tested for those changes. Um, it was still a difficult test, though. Mr. Prieto has made it his mission throughout this entire thing to always live up to Mr. Norris's name and always make sure that everyone is worthy of his signature that he uh, passes for black belt test. And so, um, yeah, I I had a, a good solid test. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, tired me out throughout the whole thing and, you know, made sure I was doing everything right. But, uh, like, once again, I'll, I'll say that all that preparation, um, it's all worth it. it's, there's never so much of so a thing as over preparing. And, uh, yeah, it was a good feeling jumping in there and knowing that I was going to be finishing this th- uh, thing and fly- uh, passing with flying colors. Did you have another question on the black belt test? Sorry, I got. Well, a little yeah,
0: off there. I mean, really, um, just talking about. I mean, the, every black belt test is different. Like you have different preparations for it, but I could tell you, like my first degree. I mean, the one thing I had to worry about, like before the test, I mean, I had a homecoming football game that mm. the night the night before. I mean, I was worrying about not getting injured. I mean, that's yeah. that's it's kind of foolish, but you know, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't You're do much braver
1: man than me. I was doing everything to just. I was looking at how I was supposed to be eating right And how I was uh, getting plenty of rest Uh, I I would not have gone out and played a football game The night before
0: (laughs) I mean luckily I mean I was a senior So definitely I mean luckily That was my last football game Of the season so I mean that's at least something that I had to get out the way I mean I wasn't (laughs) expecting the test to be the next day But you know things happen But you know I got that out of the way I mean other than taking the test I got the biggest cramp in the world uh, yeah, I mean, as I get out the car going home, it's like, woo, that definitely st- stood me up when I got that cramp. Uh, but, I bet. All right, so, okay, so, of course, you don't have your own school yet, but you really work with Mr. Prielo a lot. Yes, sir, I do. So how many, like, classes you do a week? Can you, like...
1: Um, I'm there for all of his classes right now, so uh, five days a week, uh, or... Six days a week, actually. Um, Friday being a little bit shorter than the other days. But, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm there full-time, basically.
0: Yeah, um, sounds like me. I mean, before the pandemic, I was only teaching, like, t- twice a week. But now, like, since the pandemic, you know, instructors, like, either can't do it because of their jobs or they quit. And then, of course, I'm left um, taking over their class. But yeah, it's a good experience with, um, working with kids. I mean, one thing, I mean, it's, it's a tough deal, but, um, you know, you don't want to give up on them. You want them, get them, get them early before it's, you know, how things are today with, um, bullying and, um, gangs and everything. You want to try to keep them interested. So I guess that's the same thing with you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely been tough keeping kids interested throughout the pandemic and uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel for you too man that's a that's a big job to take on um i guess or add on to your job in the middle of all that because uh, yeah I, I definitely i struggled with it too trying to figure out how to keep kids interested and make sure they were actually learning throughout uh, one online classes and then when we came back trying to uh to in-person classes but still keep separation and keep everything clean and it was a it was a challenge it was a big big learning experience and i'm I'm glad we made it through it and I hope I learned something out of it
0: yeah so I'm gonna kind of go into the co- convention because I mean it was like this is the first time that we returned since the pandemic and mm-hmm. I mean I was looking forward to last year I mean I was all geared up and then the pandemic hit so What's your feeling about this year's um, convention?
1: Man, I was super excited. I, I was the same way <laughs> last yeah. year. I was. Um, I saw it coming, of course, that it was going to shut down as soon as everyone started screaming pandemic. But, um, yeah, I was very bummed to hear that it did not uh, happen in person. It was it was all right seeing everybody through Zoom, and um, I ended up earning my or being promoted to my purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that way. So it was still a good experience, but uh, it doesn't compare to being back in person, seeing everyone because um, I mean, it's, it's filled with friends now that you only see once a year. And then, like I said already that, you know, training through online is challenging. It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, and when you can get in there with world-class instructors and train in person, and you take that opportunity. That's uh that's huge. <coughs> um so yeah, I was I was super excited to be back in yeah. in person this year.
0: Yeah, it's like um, I was like stuck at home for like the whole year and it's like I wanted to go somewhere. I mean mm-hmm. other than being laid off for two months and then of course going back to work. And uh that was something but well at least that two month vacation, that was something yeah, right? I was being stuck at home, but nevertheless I just wanted to go somewhere. Mm. Yeah. All right. So it seemed like you got a lot uh, under your belt, other than the Chuck Norris system. Of course, you said Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and also the Krav Maga. So mm, yes. All right. So See,
1: everything has been tied through uh, the UFF uh, Chuck Norris system. Um, I've considered branching out, and I've, I've branched out a little bit, like not formally, but like through online learning. I'm always trying to you know grab from anywhere I can, um, but it's all been tied back into um, the UFF, the Chuck system. So, but yeah, I've, uh, last December, I got my uh, level seven in Krav Maga, which uh, equates to a, a um, third degree black belt in Krav Maga with Mr. Hammersley and then with Mr. Dunn. I've been uh, learning from him for quite a while now, and he promoted me to. A purple belt last year, so it was. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been fun branching out and trying to make my system as uh, my karate as holistic as possible.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. I was looking forward to that George Saint Pierre bomb um, seminar. Oh, but, uh, me too. I mean, really, it's me like too. I was like telling people my um, at my wrestling school that if I whatever I get from that seminar, I'm gonna use in my wrestling matches. Definitely. But, you know it, yeah. But yet, yeah, of course, what they've done being there—I mean, that's pretty much equivalent to um what George Saint Pierre would would have done. But you know, that's that was fun. Like when I was thinking like wrestling, that's like I was like wanting to do other than think karate is like going back and forth. It's like a ping pong match. It's like, yes. am I doing karate or am I doing professional wrestling? I mean, that's that's my mindset. You don't know
1: anymore. It's yeah, all, <laughs> it's all one. It's all part of you.
0: Hey. Yeah, so of course, um, I was planning on going to like uh, doing a Krav Maga, like the level one. But can you like describe the level one?
1: Yeah, so uh, level one is a three-day experience. You um, you drill all the different things. They they largely focus on. Um, uh, okay, let me start off with uh, describing how Krav is different than karate for any of your listeners that might not understand the difference, but. Uh, Krav Maga is not a sport event. It is uh, or a sport system. It is totally self-defense related, and because so many self-defense situations start where you're bumped up against your opponent, your nose nose, they they they're grabbing you, or just in the process of throwing punches, you end up uh, right on top of each other. That's kind of where they like to start. So they start off with um, grabs. Somebody trying to. Uh, grab your wrist and uh, abduct you to a car they move in and they try and choke you Um, they go through hair grabs and you know someone trying to take you down and it's all that in close stuff typically as opposed to teaching you how to defend yourself against another martial artist who might try and keep their distance and throw the straight strikes Um, it's going to be that that sort of stuff, and so they focus on all those different drills. They build up uh, your aggression throughout the entire thing, trying to, try do, uh, like you said, bring out that lion in you. Because uh, too many people, when they first start martial arts, or and some people even go through a long, long period of mar- their martial arts career, uh, not bringing out that lion. And I'll admit, I I went longer than I probably should have without being able to access the lion. But uh, I'd say by by, Krav, or by, uh, by the time I got to my black belt, I, I knew my, where, where my line was. And by the time I got to through Krav, man, it, it really taught me to bring out the line. And that all that aggression and stuff uh, really comes in handy. Because at the end of your Krav, uh, at the end of your three days, uh, your final thing is that they do what's called a shark tank. And um, you have three or four people, uh, depending on how many are there they're constantly attacking you with all the stuff you learned over that, uh, weekend. And they're grabbing you, they're choking you, they're uh, throwing punches at you and you've got to constantly defend yourself. And when you are dead tired, it takes all of your will and all of your aggression and all of your determination to fight back and survive those, uh, those few minutes of, uh, of torture basically. And so, yeah, it was, a. Uh, a fantastic experience and you definitely feel stronger and better about yourself when you come out of it.
0: Oh, so definitely this tests your endurance. I mean, oh, the, high, yes. the higher the level, the more your endurance gets tested. So you really got to train outside of um, Krav Maga to really get yourself ready for that.
1: Yes. Yes. And no, um, mm. it definitely helps to have better endurance, but at the same time, if, uh, the instructors see you have better endurance, they're usually going to push you a little harder and get you to that point of exhaustion no matter mm-hmm. what. They want to see that you've got the, uh, the mental strength, not just the physical strength, to push on throughout that uh, that point of exhaustion. And uh, the whole reason behind it is in, in a fight, um, you're going to get punched. You're going to feel pain. You're going to feel uncomfort. And so uh, you need to be able to continue fighting through that Uncomfort through that pain, and uh since they don't want to, you know, actually break you and <laughs> actually break your nose and, and give you a black eye, then they do it through the next best way. They get they do it through exhaustion.
0: Yeah, kind of sound like my fourth degree black belt test. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's like the final, like the final test that you got to do before fifth degree. I mean, I know I had to at least push myself beyond what um, they expect. I mean, you know, they're going to put add-ons in there, so I had to do that. Right. So, Absolutely. Oh, speaking of your fifth degree, um, I know, um, of course, I'm trying to figure out when they're going to do the next MDS, so I'm prepared for my time. So I know the IDS Excellent. they did on 2019, that count toward the um, MDS, so I don't know which right. one it um, counts for, but, you know, I'm looking forward to... We had to,
1: one, we had another one online in the spring, and we are... Uh, fingers crossed, nothing set in stone yet, but we're hoping to have one, uh, possibly November, another online one. And then um, uh, I think by next year we'll be back to having some in-person as well. So we'll have some online and some in-person.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, because I want to at least yes. get ready for this. Because I don't have, I have until like 2023. 20, That's when I'm set for the... um. Mastering. Okay, so yeah, so, it's getting
1: close. Yeah,
0: really. I'm excited. I just don't want anything getting in the way I want to be. So, let's move. Do you do any activities outside of karate? I mean, other than like the karate, my god, like do you do any like um oh,
1: like non-karate stuff? Yeah. Um uh, I keep planning on doing going to a jiu-jitsu school. Um uh, uh, that is one area where I really want to continue pushing myself. It's been difficult for me to find the time to do it because uh, their classes are right when I'm teaching my classes. So, uh, <laughs> um, but I will find time. I do, uh, if nothing else, I do like to review videos online, um, jujitsu videos, and then um, uh, self defense videos as well. That's something I can attribute to Mr. Science. He's kind of got me into that. He's shown me a few good. Um, YouTube sites where people will review just uh, real life street self-defense places, uh, situations, or maybe there was no self-defense involved. It was just somebody getting robbed. And, but if, whether, whether you're seeing the correct thing or the incorrect thing, you learn something by seeing what could actually happen to you out there in a real, uh, situation. And I, I find that immensely helpful. Um, yeah, I, beyond that, as far as taking formal classes, no, uh, not not really. Um, I enjoy playing basketball every once in a while. It's been quite some time oh, since man. I've done that. Um, but I'll play just little pickup games every, every once in a while. Um, another fun uh, hobby of mine is playing disc golf. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's basically golf with a frisbee.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I enjoy that one. That one's a fun, uh, fun little pastime. Uh, And like I said, I'd like to get into some more jujitsu classes um, beyond just what I can do with Mr. Dunn uh, through his videos, and every once in a while, you know, visiting him or getting to see him.
0: Uh, so, yeah, that's real interesting. Like, you know, definitely it's always best to do something outside of karate because, no, that's why we go to college, get an education. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't do much but with my um degree. I mean, but, you no, know, I could probably use it, like, for something else. Like, of course, you know, since I do um, fitness, I mean, I can pretty much do something with that, with fitness. And, of course, with uh, this podcast, you know, I can do something with that, be creative. So that's pretty yeah. much, that's whole my... My whole degree is on creativity, you know. I'm basically a, a draw artist, um, and I haven't drawn in a long time, but, you know, that, I still have that creative mind. So at least yeah. everything I do now is um, I put my degree to the test in there. Right, so that's what pretty much what I do. That's good. Yeah.
1: So, uh, we're, well, sorry, did I misunderstand your question? Was your question more along the lines of,
0: um, like, other jobs outside of karate or other sports or? Yeah, like other jobs, like really what?
1: Other jobs, okay. Yeah, so what uh, other yeah, jobs actually, do you I do? Yeah. I do have another job that keeps me busy in the morning, and uh, yeah, I, I work with Chick Fil A in the mornings. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good little part time job. Uh, it's works out well with my schedule, um, so I, I can stay busy with one in the morning and stay busy with the other one in the evening. And uh, so far, it's done a pretty good job of not colliding with each other.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you always want to try to find a good job that kind of fits with your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so here's like the last final question. Future plans. I know with Mr. Pareto, I mean, you know, let's just say something bad happens to him. You know, he has nobody for him to take over. So... Who would you be that person to actually take over his school and just really keep his legacy going on?
1: I think I would be that person. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I love all the people there. Uh, they all know me, and yeah, uh, I would gladly step up and and be that person if uh, if that ever happens or if he ever decides to retire. Uh, I always think Mr. Prieto's machine, though. I don't know that he's ever going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> We'll see. I'm sure everybody, uh, even Mr. Credo will retire one day. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I really love the the students there. They they all know me, and uh, they don't seem to mind me too much either. So uh, I would have no problem being being the head instructor and and running that school at some point.
0: Yeah, you know, I kind of call my, my um my instructor, Mr. President, I call him my karate pop. Some um, is that like the same <laughs> thing with you would um with Mr. Creto? You know, that, yes, yeah. so absolutely. <laughs> we call them my karate pops. Yeah, so, all right, so anything, anything else you want to add on to this um podcast before we head out?
1: Um, yeah, just uh, for any of your listeners that are considering getting into martial arts, I, I highly recommend it. It's it's for just about anybody, and it's um, it's a. a it's a journey and it's a growth that both uh, stimulates your mind and your body. And uh, there's so many different paths you can take with it. Whether you're more into the self-defense, like uh, UFAP is starting to lean more towards, or if you want to, if you just want a sport out of it, or if you want the life skills, the discipline, the focus, the respect. Um, some of the best people I know are martial artists, and they develop all that. Uh, you know, the really good life skills and the uh, the good sense of morality that that comes with martial arts, and so yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic journey to take. And uh, I hope that I will never finish.
0: All right, uh, thank you very much, Austin, for um, joining me. So I'm gonna do this, um, I'm gonna do this closing for you. So, um, okay, for those who uh, are listening in, so new listeners. Make sure you tune in to my previous episode on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the KickBot Dojo. This is your instructor slash sensei, bow you out. And I'll see you next time. Okay, we all see celebrity stories on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere we can absorb information from every day. But what about the people in our hometowns who make the world go around but don't get any recognition for it? Hi. I'm Dan Torres, and my podcast, Your Average Ordinary, focuses on those people, those people that have extraordinary lives, jobs, hobbies, talents that you may not even know about that you walk past on the street every day. Join me every Saturday as I'm joined with a new friend to talk about how their average ordinary life impacts so many others.
1: And there's so much to
0: talk about because there are so many different people. You like movies? We talk about that. You like acting? We talk about that a lot. You like video games? I'm always talking about video games. Join us every Saturday, Your Average Ordinary, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you can find